Hi there, and welcome to the second part in our three-part series on finding opportunities in agribusiness, which we did with Kojo Akutubwating, one of the foremost agribusiness consultants we have in this country. He's currently the general manager of WECOM, an agribusiness development company to help individuals, corporates, and organizations go into agribusiness and run a profitable setup. So stick and stay. The second part, the focus is on the business of our Greek as well as the challenges that you are likely to, to face as you enter into agribusiness. So it's going to be worth your while. Remember to leave your comments and feedback and we'll definitely attend to it. Everything imported into the country, if substituted locally, is business and money. So you saw in the things that we import, including trunks and um, plywood and wood products and all that, if in the tree category, you're able to have a 100-acre um, mahogany plantation, you are a dollar millionaire. If you're able to have a 100-acre Seek plantation, you're a dollar millionaire. If you're able to have a hundred acre mango plantation, you're a dollar millionaire. So these are some of the things. Um, if you're able to do any of these crops and do them very well, you could make money. Now, the challenges of agribusiness, one of the main challenges is capital. And it's a challenge for a lot of industries in the country. Capital continues to be one of the biggest challenges for all of us. Access and the cost of capital has resulted in a slow growth of the industry. If I go to a bank right now for a loan to do maize or to do anything, basically I'll be paying about 35 to 40% per annum. And you go through a lot of stress to get the money anyway. And if you are doing a crop and your return on investment is say 40% and you're paying 35 to 40% to your bank, then what do you get back? Elsewhere, people are taking loans at 2%, 1% um, in other countries. So when they are farming, their return on investment is really high. So they are more competitive and they're even getting subsidies plus the loans. But here, that is a big problem. Now, the cost of input. Input prices also increase regularly because a large percentage of the inputs are imported. When you look at the grains for, for, for maize, for example, because these days we are using a lot of hybrid seeds, a lot of them are imported. So when the dollar goes up, your cost goes up. We do not produce fertilizer in the country. We only blend inorganic fertilizer in the country. So we import a lot of the fertilizer. And when fertilizer prices go up on the world market or our CD misbehaves or the dollar kicks us in the butt, our fertilizer prices go up. So over the past three years, fertilizer prices have increased by about 300%. So if you are doing production, those are some of the challenges we have to deal with. And there are too many uncertainties. Uncertainties in the global system uncertainties locally as well. For example, if you're an agribusiness person who supplies the government of Ghana, you should know that you'll be burned and your money, you would lose your money unless you have strong links to have somebody to ensure that you are paid regularly. So global uncertainties, local uncertainties are also affecting agribusiness. 
and unbridled imports of cheaper produce into the market also doesn't make it viable to sell local production at competitive rates. Until recently, foreign rice was cheaper than local rice in Ghana. Until recently, foreign rice was cheaper than local rice in Ghana. Foreign chicken is still local than local chicken. Um, a lot of the things imported are still cheaper. Some of the reasons include they have cheaper capital. So when they, when they, when, when they are producing, their return on investment is higher. And because they have cheaper capital, they're able to produce large scale. And with agric, the more you expand, the lower your cost, because a lot of the capital costs and a lot of the fixed costs are spread. So they're able to produce large scale and reduce their costs and be more competitive. So importation and the policies have not really helped local producers. And so uh, those are some of the challenges that we have. But there's still a growing need to feed Ghana and the world. So there's always demand for agri produce and services, irrespective of all the imports and all these challenges. If you are able to invest practically in anything agri, it's like running a chop bar. You will always make money. So in Kumase, there was a time that everybody wanted to set up a chop bar because the saying in tree is that because every day people will eat. And depending on how you serve your portions, you can always make things work in your favor and get money. So as long as people eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or even once a day, there is always demand for agri produce and services. So if you are able to position yourself and do your research well and do whatever it is you have to do, you'll make good money. And there's no two ways about that. Now, what must every beginner know about agri? Usually when you talk about agri, people think that, oh, it's hose, cutlass, land, getting dirty, and all that. But I always say that agribusiness is like any other business or industry. Agribusiness is like any other business or industry. Strategic research, planning, and faultless execution must be used to execute profitable businesses. At this point, I'd like to ask Dr. Kelvin a question. Or, um, okay, let me, let me ask a different person um, the question. Um, Irene. If you don't mind, can I engage you for just a minute? Um, yes, sure. It's fine, Kojo. If I can answer, I'll go ahead and answer. Yes. Irene, what industry are you in? Um, reproductive health and then health and wellness, network marketing. Good. So you're practically in the health space, right? Yes, yes, yes. So health space. Good. So if I want to start a business like yours, what should I do? What must I do? I think, first of all, you need capital. I think maybe that's one of the key things, right? Mm -hmm. To get the... But first, you need a plan. You need a plan, right, of, of how you intend to, to go about your business. And then you need capital. Um, also need to determine who you are going to work with or how you are going to... You know, like how you're going to carry out the day-to-day -day activities of the business. Do you need support at the moment or is it something that you can run um, by yourself for the moment? So I think that that's one key thing. Mm -hmm. um, maybe as time goes on, maybe then you'll see how you have to scale to like how you can bring a larger team. And then marketing, marketing. Because um, of course, the goods need to move, right? Yeah. If it's if it's healthcare, if it's health products, so the products need to go. So how are you going to market? Um, who's going to help you market? 
Um, maybe so these days we're in the world of social media, right? I think you've done my job for me. I think you've done my. Okay, so let me pause. Thank you. So, 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 like Irene said, if you want to do any business, you go through the whole ideation, project development, product development, planning, um, your staffing needs, the knowledge base you need, equipment, your market, your marketing everything but what we've seen over the years is you see people abroad or some people local here they have money telling but send me a farming so they go and buy land then they find some boys in the area oh we can do it for you then they give them money oh yeah bro let's do this oh let's keep cattle they give them money then three months later they go and things are not then they come and sit on social media to say that farming is not lucrative it's a waste of time agribusiness like any other business or industry involves proper business planning so you have to plan every little bit of it it's actually more scientific than other industries because you are using a seed to produce a plant to harvest from it so it's like giving birth to a human being making love impregnating a woman taking care of the pregnancy going for antenatal everything 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 to to the point where you give birth to the baby and the postnatal care before the baby grows and they can stand on their own. That's the same thing with agribusiness. But people just jump into it and they think it's easy because um, largely illiterate people are in that particular space. So they are doing it. They are doing it because they've done it over the years and they've been apprentices of agribusiness. So if it's farming, they are farming. They learned it from childhood. So they have the knowledge and the skill. They are not doing it as efficiently as they have to, but in some instances, they are even doing it better than those of us who have gone to school to start the agribusiness. So you need to really research and plan for it. If you want to set up a hospital, you don't just go and build the structure and say, oh, there's this boy here who always talks about para and things, so he knows it. So let me put him in as a doctor. Let me. You always need the most qualified people to do that. It's the same thing for agribusiness. So if you are planning on doing agribusiness, you need to, your planning should be on point as NASA planning a space mission. Dot all your I's, cross all your T's, get everything properly um, planned before you go in. Else you will burn your money. Else you will waste your money. And so um, that is um, what everyone must know before they go into agribusiness. Plants, just like a human being in the mother's stomach, you have to take your vitamins, you have to drink water, you have to dress, uh, rest well, you have to eat well, you don't have to stress yourself. We go through all that process. So at the end of the day, we get almost double the average yield in the country. So those are some of the things. So if you don't plan any of these things very well, you end up going in the Noakoshi Osika. It's like um, being in 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 the desert right and producing um warm warm jackets in the desert you always have to know your market and what your market needs if you're in the sahara desert you have to produce clothes that let people's skins breathe so if you're producing maize you need to have off-taker agreements with poultry farms processors market women so that you know that once you harvest they are buying the challenge with a lot of the things we have is that they, their shelf lives 
are very short, especially vegetables and those things. So if you are going into all those things, you need to have a processing mindset or you need to have your market already sorted so that as soon as you harvest, it's going into the market. If you don't do that and you produce anything, you will fail. When the catfish craze came, a lot of people invested in catfish. I invested in catfish. So you see somebody building a, a farm capacity of say 20,000 catfish. And when they begin, they will stock all the tanks. So all the 20,000 catfish get ready at the same time. Now, when they are ready, you don't have a buyer who is buying all the 20,000 catfish. So they are grown to one kilogram. And because if you cannot harvest them all at a go, you keep feeding them. So they are the market size you want to sell, but you keep feeding them, which feed incurs extra cost. So you'll be losing your profits on keeping the fish. But once you, 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 you stagger the, the, the stocking of your, of, your, of your tanks. So if you have a 20,000 capacity, you can stock them 500, 500, 500, 500, 500, 500, so that every two weeks you are stocking 500. So when you harvest 500 or 1,000 this week, by next week, the next batch that you stocked are ready for harvest at the right size. So you are not overgrowing them or overfeeding them. So you sell. By the next week, the next stock is also ready. Then you sell. Once you harvest the first one, you replace. So by the time you go around all your tanks and you come back to the first one you harvested, it's also ready to be harvested. So it keeps your cash flow going all the time. But some people will do everything in bulk at a time and then they have to harvest at a go. For example, if you are doing rice and you are doing 10,000 acres and you plant all at a go, you cannot harvest at a go because you won't have the harvesters to harvest everything at a go. So you realize that some of them will get too dry. And then when you harvest and you mill, they become broken rice, which won't give you value. So when we are doing our rice, we'll plant, let's say, this section of the rice this week. Then two weeks later, we'll plant another section. So when we start harvesting, we harvest, say, 100 acres. We dry, we take it to the mill, and then we start processing. We harvest another 100 acres. We take it to the dryer. So by the time we finish milling the first 100 acres, the one in the dryer is ready. Then it also moves into the mill. Then it goes on and on and on and on. So these um, 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 management practices are key to know when you're doing anything agribusiness. So there are so many small, small things when it comes to agribusiness. Uh, when we get the time and the chance to treat them sector by sector, then we can go deep. For example, if you want to go into cash crop, right? What cash crop sh should you go into? Should you look at local consumption or you should look at export? If you're looking at local consumption, what are your avenues? If you're looking at exports, what are the things you need to meet? For example, there's, there are, if you are growing anything to be exported into the EU, there are specific strict regulations and standards you must meet. They are the global gap standards. They are these standards, that standard. Are you ready to go through all those certifications to export? Is it worth your while? So all there are different things when it comes to the different um, 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 commodities, um, the different sectors of agribusiness. And when we have the opportunity again, um, we can go deeper into some of those things. So for now, I'll end my general overview of um, agribusiness, opportunities in agribusiness, or what I call a beginner's guide to agribusiness here. If you have any questions, 
I'll be happy to answer them. Thank you. So we've come to the end of the second installment in our three-part series on agribusiness with Kodua Kotobwating. In this episode, we spoke about the business side of agri, what you need to start, what kind of soil, what kind of inputs in terms of minerals, fertilizer, etc. All those things, as well as, and most importantly, the challenges you are likely to face as you have made a decision to engage in agribusiness. I hope that this has been a valuable addition to your own knowledge. Remember, if you want more information, you can reach out and we'll connect you with Kujuakutu and any other resource person that we host on the Impact Series. The third part in this series will be uploaded as soon as possible. Stick and stay.